0: Podcast, everything is good to go. So welcome everyone to Reach Online Church. It is me, Victoria Baxter. I'm the founding teacher here behind this online community tied to the JAL ministry. Of course, Reach and Teach podcast also tied to the JAL ministry. You can learn more at www.thejalministry.com to see what this online ministry and community is all about. There's even a tab there, you know, when you go to Reach to learn more about the online church, you know, Reach has its own little community as well. And even when it comes to courses that are taught, um, you know, of course, right now we're doing a chronological Bible reading plan as well for the entire 2021. So just so many different things um, that I offer again, just as a teacher, as a minister, I'm also a Christian life coach, um, author, speaker, couple of different things, anything I can do in order to reach Um, God's children, as he has called me to do. As far as the Sunday messages are concerned, I've taken a little bit of a hiatus, a little bit of a break um, from that, really just trying to get myself together. I've just been really busy with a few other things. Of course, those of you who know me outside of just Reach Online Church and the JAL ministry, you know, of course, there are you know, of course, children, businesses, all of other good stuff. Of course, accounting season, this is my busy season, and I just really needed time to get myself together, um, And especially if I was not prepared to deliver a message. I wasn't going to just scramble something together just to show up, okay? I would much rather make sure that I was showing up intentionally, um, you know, of course, more than anything else. But I'm here, and I figured right now, this is a perfect time. I want to kick off a new series, shall we? And right now, I'm going to go to Ephesians um, chapter 6, starting, I want to look at verses 12 and 13, and I actually want to look at the King James Version uh, for the sake of this, but yeah. So Ephesians 6, 12 through 13, King James Version. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all in order to stand. I want to start a series called Polishing The armor, okay, because we can't afford to be rusty. We can't afford to be out here, you know, unprotected, not fully covered when there are dark, evil, unseen forces that are out among us, right, during this time. So I want to kind of dig deep into this scripture, of course, into darkness against, you know, the falling angels. And then over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be in this polishing the armor series. Um, as we examine the full armor of God and looking at Ephesians 6 and exactly what that means. So before I get started, um, you know, here this afternoon, let me say a prayer. I'm going to go ahead and pray us on in and then we are going to get started. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I would like to say thank you uh, for another day that you have allowed us to see. Thank you for another opportunity to be in your midst, to be in your presence um, in order to connect and fellowship together. Lord God, I just want to say thank you for your word, of course. I thank you for this moment. I pray that you would be here with me in this moment as I deliver this word to your children, Lord God. I pray that you would decrease me and increase you, Lord. I pray that you would just have your way and take over as only you can do. We want this to be all about you in this moment and nothing to do with me. I am just a vessel, but deliver the word and touch and speak to your children as you see fit. I pray that you would give all of us right now the ears to hear and a heart to receive. This is my prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray. Amen. Amen. So of course I have, you know, the JAL ministry. And then of course, like I guess you could kind of say maybe a sub program or maybe a separate program. It's kind of been branching off a little bit would be the saved and single ministry. I also do, you know, ministry for, um, you know, of course, believers in general, and then saved and single, of course, is my single women's ministry where I, you know, I minister to single Christian women. There's a separate place on the website for that. um, A separate Instagram page, a separate Facebook page, separate community, you know, doing that in and of itself where, you know, it's still the same thing. I get to share, more messages and inspiration. Um, Of course, Biblical Foundation, still Christian standpoint, but it's targeted uh, specifically to those who are single women of the Christian faith. And of course, you know, I do classes and different things like that as well um, in order to accomplish everything throughout the ministry. And something that I did recently, I think that was last week. What is today? The 21st. I don't know. The week before last, actually, I did a class and it was entitled or it was entitled, it was titled The Truth About Sex and Purity. Um, of course, you know, just right now there are a lot of different things that are um told and taught, you know, of course, to singles when it comes to sex, abstinence, purity, celibacy, uh spiritual husbands is something that a lot of women have been talking about when it comes to, you know, reasons as to why many women are still single. Um, You know, it could be a spiritual husband that is attached to them that is, you know, possessive and controlling and preventing them from actually getting married. And I really wanted to use that class to kind of expound on some things. And again, to dispel some of the lies, to really give biblical truth as to um, some of the things, again, that we just we, we see and we hear a lot today. So I wanted to take just some of the things from that class. Um, Because, of course, now it's just it's been on my mind and I knew that it could tie into Christianity as a whole. So that's why I wanted to start with this series about polishing the armor and, of course, looking at, um, you know, just demonic spirits in general and really just being aware. You know, we're not about to sit here and make this all about Satan. But, of course, we do need to be aware of the tactics that Satan uses. We do need to be aware of his presence with many different things. In our lives, because a lot of times we have things that we are going through and things that we are experiencing and we fail to realize how he is at work. We fail to realize that the Bible is very clear that he is out to steal, kill and destroy while, of course, Christ has come so that we can have life so that we can have, you know, a more abundant life. But again, if things are going on and we're not fully covered, if we're not wearing the armor of God, and of course understanding why we need to be wearing the armor of God, then it can cause problems, you know, in our lives, whether you're single or not, it can cause problems in your marriage, it can cause problems you know, with your your parenting, your job, your business, your finances, your health, your peace, you know, your' just your overall joy and living. So I want to explain and just kind of go over and teach from this standpoint. As we go on, you know, the rest of this month and then, of course, even going into April when it comes to all of these things at hand. So when it comes to demonic spirits, okay, and I think it's something that a lot of times we either uh, maybe we misunderstand or we're not really sure maybe exactly how it all operates, how it works, what it means. You know, of course, we talk about how Satan was a fallen angel. Like, what does it mean? Like, how did he fall? Like, what's going on as far as all of that? So let's give a little bit of background. And I think today is going to be maybe a little bit more more teaching, a little bit more, you know, history, of course, still biblically speaking, so that it can set the tone for like the last little small part of this message. And then, of course, going into the series that we'll continue on um, each Sunday going forth. So demonic spirits in and of itself, I'm going to flip um, to the end. I'm going to go all the way to Revelations at this point we do have fallen angels that we need to discuss. There are demonic spirits, there are demonic entities. Obviously we we should know this to be true as believers and with reading the Bible. And when you look at Revelations uh, chapter 12, looking in verses seven through nine, I'm going back to NLT at this point, says, then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels and the dragon lost the battle and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to earth with all of his angels. So it says, you know, he was cast out. He was thrown out with all of his angels. And when you look at Moloch, Kamash, Dagon, Belial, Beelzebub and Satan... This is like kind of like the little group that we have going on at this point. And what ended up happening when, of course, Satan was kind of cast out, he convinced the others as well. You know, those that I just mentioned, he also convinced them to live free from the laws of God. So they were all cast out of heaven because the issue is, you know, he wanted he was jealous. He was envious. He wanted to be powerful. He was um, he wanted to be just as powerful. You know, he was selfish. He didn't want to actually um obey of course, you know, and bow down to what God was all about and what God had actually put into um, formation, I guess you could say. So he convinced the others to also be free from the rules and the law of God. And that's how they were all cast out of heaven. They were all kicked out. And I always laugh, I say, you know, we say fallen angels, but I'm like, they didn't fall, they were kicked out. Now, when you go and look at 2 Peter 2, 4, 2 Peter two, four, it says, for God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness, where they are being held until the day of judgment. And then if you fast forward a little bit to Jude chapter six, Jude chapter, or Jude chapter one, verse six, and it says, and I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of of authority that god gave them but left the place where they belonged god has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness waiting for the great day of judgment so it's like we have all of these kicked out spirits we have all of these outcasts at this point right because they pretty they were cast out And, you know, of course, outcasts typically do what? When you have people, it's like, okay, well, I was kicked out too. Okay, well, I was rejected too. Yeah, they also got rid of me. They all kind of end up coming together. They end up banding together. They now have their own little bond. They form their own little club. They have their own little community. And a lot of times they want to do what? Sometimes they're really just set out to get revenge. It's like now it's like, okay, now I want to kick back. I want to be a little bit rebellious. Now I have an issue with what actually took place. And now here they are together. Now that takes us back to... Ephesians 6, 12, with what I started with. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. This scripture is letting us know we are not fighting against things that we can see. We are fighting not against, you know, flesh and blood. There is evil that is going on. There are demons that are present. There are things that are ungodly that are going on. So this is why we need to put on the full armor of God every single day, every single piece, all aspects of it. Again, and we're going to go through this the rest of the series, but we need to put on, we got to make sure we have the belt of truth. We got to make sure we have the breastplate of righteousness. We need to make sure the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and of course the word of God as our sword. And when we continue to look at spirits in general, look at 1 John 4.1. Probably should have had all these typed up and put together. But anyway, 1 John 4.1, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the spirit. You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in this world. So, you know, we always talk about testing the spirits. And of course, this is something we are instructed to do because you have a lot of people where it's like, if you're not for God, then that means you're against God. If you're not actually preaching, teaching and sharing things that are in alignment with God, that means that you are going against God, like either your flesh or spirit, like which one is it going to be? It can't be both at the end of the day. So we need to test the spirits and we have to understand that anything that is not in alignment with the ways of God and with the will of God, that means it's going against his ways. That means it's going against him. It's going against all that he stands for and all that he believes. That means that it would be an impure spirit, an impure thought, an impure action. That means that it would be demonic because if that means that the outcasts are here to wreak havoc, they're out to steal, kill and destroy and they're operating in a worldly way, it is going to be demonic because of course there's good and there's evil. Again, there's flesh and then there's spirit. There are two different things, two different entities, two different categories at the end of the day. And of course, you know, I know, and I'm not going to go too deep with that. And some might say, okay, well, what about the in between things? Or what if the Bible doesn't implicitly, you know? Paul kind of talked about that. I think it was like in Romans, you know, of course. And it was like, you know, I mean, yeah, you say that I can do whatever I want, but not everything is beneficial. Like, you got to make up your mind who you're going to serve, who you're going to listen to, which direction are you going to go. And now going back to Satan, it's understanding the thing as far as Satan was concerned, that Satan was an angel at one point and Satan, he was, you know, Lucifer, he was an angel. And again, he rebelled and then fell, as we said earlier. And we see a lot of that even in Isaiah 14, um, 12 through 17. And of course, obviously we know that the Old Testament was um, foretelling a lot of things that were going to eventually take place. But then of course it's, in some and this is why I like doing the chronological order because you also get to find out things in the order and then of course you also get to maybe certain scriptures of course like it gives information it's like okay but where did that happen at okay well that's back in Isaiah 14 when it was talking about X Y Z so Isaiah 14 when you start in verse 12 it says how you are fallen from heaven O shining star, son of the morning you have been thrown down to the earth you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you and ask, can this be the one who shook the earth and made the kingdoms of the world tremble? Is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Is this the king who demolished the world's greatest cities and had no mercy on his prisoners? And a lot of this is also what we see if you skip and go to Ezekiel. Right. Ezekiel 28, starting in verse 12 as well. Son of man, sing this funeral song for the king of Tyre. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. Talking about Satan, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone. And it, of course it was red, carnelian, uh, pale green, peridot, white, moonstone, blue, green, beryl, onyx, green, jasper, all the turquoise, emerald, all, blue, all beautifully crafted, craft, crafted, crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day that you were created. I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and you walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day that you were created until the day that evil was found in you. Your rich commerce led you to violence and you sinned. So I banished you in disgrace from the mountain of God. I expelled you, oh mighty guardian from your place among the stones of fire. Your heart was filled with pride because of all of your beauty. Hmm. Your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor. So I threw you to the ground and exposed you to the curious gaze of kings. You defiled your sanctuaries with many sins and your dishonest trade. So I brought out fire from within you and it consumed you. I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching and all who knew you, are appalled at your fate. You have come to a terrible end and you will exist no more. So again, Ezekiel and Isaiah, both of these things explaining what happened to Satan, why he was thrown, why he was cast out. So yeah, even seeing it later on. And then of course, we first read about Satan in Genesis. You know, of course they're in, The garden when, of course, we had Adam and Eve, they were naked, they felt no shame. God had already told them like, hey, you can have everything you want. Do not eat from this tree. And then here comes Satan was like, oh, you know, hey, why don't you eat something from this tree? And surely God didn't say, you know, that you would die. And if you have some, you're not going to die. He just knows that you're going to be as smart as him, Tempting them with sin because at that point you was already what, like cast, crushed out, which we find out the exact stories again later on in different chapters um, and passages in the Bible. So once Satan actually fell, once he was kicked out, all because of pride, as we see here in Ezekiel 28, says one third of the angelic host joined him. Because again, he had others that he had convinced. So I started off in Revelations 12. So we see some of that in Revelations 12, if you even go to verses 3 through 4, where it says, Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns with seven crowns on his head. His tail swept away one third of the stars in the sky and he threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. Then going down to verse nine, it says this great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to earth with all of his angels. So, all of those who fell became what they became demons, so that kind of, it goes again back to jude one six it goes back to ephesians six twelve so now we have to know that we have these spirits who are out still roaming the earth, right? We have these spirits that are out there, they exist, and this is why we must do what 1 peter five eight tells us. We must be alert. We have to be alert because we have Satan our enemy who is out prowling. Roaring like a lion who is looking for someone to devour. He is very intentional on his quest and his path to wreak havoc and to cause destruction. And a lot of us, it's almost like we we take it like it's like we know it, we hear it, we know the verses, we know the devil exists, but it's almost like we don't realize exactly how powerful he is and what he is set out to do. But it's like Be alert, but don't fear at the same time, because we still have the power. We still have power that Christ has given to us. And look at Luke 10, 19, it says, and Jesus says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. So even when it comes to things that we find ourselves battling with as believers. Even when it comes to our struggles and again me taking some of these things from, you know, teaching that class for single Christian women, of course and it can apply to single Christian men as well, or maybe you don't even have to be single. It can apply to anyone. But looking at a lot of the things that we might battle and struggle with, you know, impure thoughts, immorality, lust, um sex, cheating, pornography, stealing, things that aren't aligned with God, therefore they are against God. We have to understand that we still have the power To overcome at the end of the day, we have the power to overcome all of these things because Jesus had had made it clear several times in the Gospels. You have the power to trample. I'm giving you the power to bind and loose things like you have the authority to to speak and cast out. And I'm going to be with the father and you're going to do greater things than these. So we have power to cause certain things to flee from us. And we have to one, we start off by resisting. We can't make excuses for sin. Say, oh, well, the devil is busy, or oh, you know, well, temptation. Oh, well, God knows my heart. Oh, he knows I'm trying. Well, God knows that this is something I am struggling with, or I've asked God to remove this thorn. I've asked God to change me. I've asked him to help me. You have to resist. Like James 4:7 says, so humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you at the end of the day we have to grow up we have to get mature at some point we have to wiseen up at some point in real like spiritual evolution i've spoken about that where it's like you know understanding those three parts to salvation and it's like yeah you enter into salvation like that's when you're saved okay boom that's justification sanctification That is where you want to imitate Christ. You want to be like him. You want to make sure you are exporting his message. You are imitating him. You are striving to be more like him. You are not making excuses for your ways. You are not making excuses for your sins. It's not saying, oh, well, I know I'm going to be forgiven. Oh, well, at least I'm not doing this. No, we're not doing any of those things. It's saying I'm striving to be better. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit that is at work within me, to do its job. I'm not going to stifle the Holy Spirit. And it's making sure that after resisting, we also want to make sure that we are retraining our minds at the end of the day. And 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. And I want to say it's maybe the, uh, the New King James Version that says like, we take captive every thought, and we make it obedient to Christ, any thought that comes to mind, anything that goes against the word of God, that goes against what we know to be true, anything that would get in the way of us living a godly life, anything that would get in the way of us being pure saying, hey, you got to retrain your mind. When those thoughts come up, you have to take them captive and you have to make them obedient to Christ. And that's just that. So it's like you resist, you retrain, and then you have to Return at some point. You have to go back to God. James 4, 8 says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So it's saying draw close to God, wash your hands, return to him, repent of your ways and let that be that. Resist, retrain, return. Wash, rinse, repeat. Do that as often as need be at the end of the day. We have to remember, <clears throat> excuse me, that Satan, demons, spirits, all of them, powerful, obviously. We are wrestling against dark, unseen forces. We are wrestling against evil entities at the end of the day. And even what I had explained previously, and I'm going to go back um, to the book of Job for a quick second. To examine the power, okay. And especially before I even close any of this out and to really just kind of drive the point home and making sure we are aware the power that he has and the things that he does and just the demonic spirits and how Satan is at work and a lot of the things that he does. Look at Job 1, um, Job chapter 1 verses 1 through 12. Because a lot of us, we know the story of Job. We know all that he endured. Um, You know, we talk about the patience of Job. We talk about how he was restored, how he didn't turn his back from God. You know, how he got double for his trouble. He was blessed at the end. And even though his wife was telling him to curse God, and even though his friends were, you know, we kind of talk about whether his friends were good or not, and whether his wife was human and, you know, or maybe she was just like too fleshly or too whatever, like all of these different things we talk about. I a lot of times am always um, so overcome with I don't not awe maybe not emotion I don't know it's something about the the first twelve verses in the book of Job and Job is so long even like realizing that it's like even with all that we're reading like I think they're saying that like it's speculated that all in all it only was taking place over like a matter of days like in general like all the conversations and whatever and all the days maybe even weeks but it's such a long chapter um or such a long book but i really love what i read in verses one through twelve this chair gets on my nerves so starting in verse one okay so it says there once was a man named job who lived in the in the land of us he was blameless a man of complete integrity he feared god and stayed away from evil He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen and 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes, and they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was his regular practice. Like just even the thought of covering your children saying, hey, I don't know if they sinned. If they did some stuff they didn't have any business doing, let me just go ahead and pray over them and kind of cover this, kind of take care of this with God. So it says, one day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord. I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that is going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and he stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has a good reason to fear God. You have always put up a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look at how rich he is. But reach out and take away everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. Verse 12. I keep this one highlighted. Okay. All right. You may test him, the Lord said to Satan, just like that. God said, do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but do not harm him physically. And with that, Satan left the Lord's presence. We always talk about all Job went through. We always talk about all he endured. We always talk about again, how he was still faithful and how he was restored. He was blessed, double for the trouble, all that other good, amazing stuff. The point being the power of Satan. The point being, we know that he can make things happen in our life and it's not that he can make, but of course at the end of the day, yeah, he can't do anything without permission. He can't do anything, obviously, without God actually saying, okay, yeah, sure. What? So in this case, he was like, hey, but Job's only serving you because he has X, Y, D, X, y Z. He's he's rich. He has everything he needs. You have a, a, a wall of protection around him, his property, everything. That's why he protects. That's why he worships you. God was like, okay, do whatever you want to him. Don't harm him physically, but go ahead. Let's Let's just see what happens. Boom. Just like that. So it says Satan left the Lord's presence. As soon as he left... After getting permission from God, that's when all of these things started happening in Job's life. Boom, boom, boom. He lost everything. Like his, his children died. He lost all of his cattle. He lost everything. Like we see so many different things that happen in a matter of minutes. So it's like we know that he can make things happen in our lives. He has power to cause disruption. And that was why I had included and wanted to talk about this, because we act as if we are unaware of what he is capable of doing. And then at the end of the day, and when we're now looking at sin in and of itself, and when we look at intentional sin, when we look at habitual sin, when we look at repeated sin, when we look at willingly sinning, we also know that sin Something that, of course, was now introduced because of him and the evil that is now here because of him, we are sinning. And that means that is giving him full access. Like intentional is when you are conscious about your decisions, you're conscious about your actions, you know exactly what the heck you're doing. So now when we do certain things, we are allowing Satan to have his way as well. And it's like, yeah, we know that sometimes you can be blameless and God will still let things happen. But now imagine engaging in things that you know go against what God says, you think there aren't going to be any consequences? You think that Satan's not going to have a field day with that? And now as it pertains and ties to demonic spirits, we have to understand and know that spirits can attach humans, you know, can attach to humans. They can possess humans. And of course, you know, I touched on that even a little bit when it came to the whole spiritual, um, you know, like the spiritual husbands, I just really kind of wanted to, tell the truth as far as a lot of that, but I'm not going to go there, but just knowing what spirits and the demons that are out there, what they really can do. Look at Matthew 9 and verse 32. Matthew 9:32 through 33. When they left, a demon possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon and then the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. Nothing like this has ever happened in Israel. Look at Matthew 12:22. In Matthew 12, 22 says, then a demon possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. Jesus healed the man so that he could both speak and see. Look at Matthew 17, 17. Matthew 17, 17 through 18. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy and left it with him. From that moment, the boy was well. Look at Acts 16 look at acts 16 16 through 18. one day as we were going down to the place of prayer we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future she earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes she followed paul and the rest of us shouting these men are servants of the most high god and they have come to tell you how to be saved this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. When we look at that one, and all the others that I even just read, it shows you don't know how a demon is going to show up. You don't know how a a demonic force is going to show up. You don't know how an evil spirit is going to show up. You don't know what it is that they're going to do. And what we see here with all of these examples of the demonic possession, some of them it it caused physical, you know, physical uh, issues and abnormalities. Some of them had physical manifestations. There were verbal, visual issues, so many different things. And when you read 2 Corinthians uh, 2, and that's like 10 through 11, We even see how Satan can even be at work, like in our unforgiveness and in our bitterness, like even that can almost be like a spirit in and of itself. And so the New Testament is showing us how demons can enter, how demons can control, how they talk back how they were wise, how Satan was wise, how he talked back. In Isaiah uh, 14, we see that he wanted power, he wanted control, he was envious, right? Like he had all of these different things, he was filled with pride. And we really need to be aware and alert of all of these things. I can't stress it enough. So over the next few weeks, I want you to be intentional about polishing your armor. I really want you focused on polishing your armor when it comes to the full armor of God that Ephesians 6 talks about. And starting in verse 13, Ephesians 6, it says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers Everywhere. And again, first Peter five, eight, it says, stay alert, you know, be alert because the enemy is prowling like a lion looking for someone to devour. We have an enemy, one who is jealous, one who is evil, one who is powerful, one who is filled with pride. And he has a band of demons working with him and working for him. And now is not the time to be left naked. Now is not the time to be left uncovered. Now is not the time to make excuses for your sins. Now is not the time to talk about how God knows my heart. I'm a work in progress. I'm trying. Like this is the time to do, like I said earlier, resist, retrain, return, and put on the full armor of God. And we are going to break down this full armor of God in this series. And we are going to pay attention to what each piece means and how to apply it in your daily life and I chose this name polishing the armor and I think I've explained before but you know I have that series um through the ministry called you know the little my little pink book series where I have all of these pink books you know I did the first one it was uh devotionals and prayers and like little mini bible studies I guess you could say then the prayer journal um and I did the other one for like single Christian women like the journal But I was supposed to be a few years ago, I was supposed to be working on volume two of my little pink book. I couldn't figure out why I could not get that book written to save my life. Like I was trying and I just, I was in such a weird place. Like I just felt so much heaviness and I really did not know what was going on. And I want to say that was maybe November of 2018, maybe November, 2019, if I'm not mistaken, maybe November, 2019, I didn't know what the heck was going on. And I remember like just feeling all of this like anger and these emotions that I just felt like even like spiritually, I just kind of felt absent drained something was it's like I was hungry, but drained and just distant at the same time, and I remember just sitting at my computer, and you know i just i just started typing and just talking about how I was angry and how I was pissed and how the devil was doing this and like all of these different things and all that I was experiencing and all that I was going through. And it's like, before I knew it, polishing the armor, my ebook on spiritual warfare was written like, just like that, because I took the time to kind of tap in and realize what was going on. I started kind of paying attention and realizing, okay, you're going through something that's a little bit abnormal. You're not You're not just tired. You're exhausted. You're not just having, you know, issues with, um, you know, with your faith. Something is trying to get in the way. You're having some physical disturbances. Uh, You're not just dealing with children who are children like your children just seems like they're losing their minds. You're not just dealing with things in your household. All hell is breaking loose. And it was at that point that it was, again, me just kind of sitting there and realizing, okay, this is a spiritual attack that is going on. And again, we must be mindful of the ways that he wreaks havoc. We must be mindful of the way that he will move when he is trying to cause certain things to happen. And of course, especially when you are doing anything to elevate the kingdom, when you are even just trying to be intentional in your spiritual journey, there are certain things that he is going to do. And we know that Satan is very strategic at the end of the day. So what he'll end up doing is he'll try to kind of come around a different way. He'll try to attack a different, you know, by different means. But again, this is why we have to have on the full armor. We have to stay prayed up. We have to be alert. So polishing the armor was that ebook that I wrote. It was like, you know, kind of showing here are the signs of a spiritual attack. These are the reasons that Satan does attack. And now this is how you fight back. This is how you get intentional when it comes to um, you know, successfully engaging in spiritual warfare and saying, hey, I will not be defeated. I'm going to fight back. I know that I have the God and angel armies on my side and that's just going to be that. So I hope you all are ready for what we are going to be doing over the next several weeks. OK, make sure you come tuned in every Sunday as we really explore um, and dive in as far as this is concerned. All right. So be aware. Let me pray us out and then um, that will be it. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just want to say thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. And yes, we can acknowledge that Satan is powerful, but we know that he is not more powerful than you. We know that he uh he pales in comparison to who you are and what you are able to accomplish. So, I pray that over the next couple of days and over the next week that you will help each and every one of us to open our eyes, our eyes and to be more aware of his presence, but to also be more aware of your presence, to also tap into who You are who you have called us to be in the power that is at work within us, Lord God. This is my prayer for every single person who is listening right now at this moment. This is also the prayer for myself, Lord God. I want to say thank you. We love you and we need you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you all for tuning in. All right. God bless. Again, you can connect to the ministry and learn more at www.thejalministry.com. You can even visit the shop and you will find that Polishing the Armor ebook if you are currently dealing with any type of spiritual warfare and you're looking for means to get help, you know, of course, in this season. All right. But y'all be blessed. Have a fantastic Sunday. I will see you all tomorrow. Well, podcast, I will talk to you all tomorrow when it is time for Mountain Moving Monday, all right, to provide you some Monday motivation to kick off your day and week. But y'all be blessed and I'll talk to you all later. Bye.